0: Hi there, and thank you for listening to ASMR Bedtime Stories. All of the stories read to you on this podcast are either available in the public domain and are therefore available for free and fair use, or I have obtained express written permission from the author-publishers to audio-record these episodes. I hope that you enjoy listening and please feel free to rate the podcast, Uh, provide me any feedback, send any requests my way. You can also follow me on Twitter to get updates and interact with me that way. You can find me at ASMR Bedtime Stories or my handle is bedtime underscore ASMR and I'd love to hear from you. Hello there. Tonight I wanted to do something a little bit different for tonight's bedtime story. I wanted to do a soft-spoken episode instead of a whispered episode, so I hope that's okay with you. As a way of saying thank you to my listeners from around the world, I would like to read another story from another country tonight. And I want to say a special thank you. To my listeners from the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, Norway, the Philippines, Japan, and Sweden, from Ireland, Germany, South Africa, India, Hong Kong, New Zealand. Austria, Thailand, Netherlands, Chechia, South Korea, Belgium, Greece. Thank you to my listeners from Kenya, Brazil, Hungary, France, Singapore, Mozambique, United Arab Emirates, Russia, Italy, Trinidad, and Tobago. Thank you to my listeners from the Ukraine, Iran, Portugal, Denmark, Uruguay, Guyana, Pakistan, Namibia, Egypt, Argentina. Thank you my listeners from Bangladesh, Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, Belarus, Romania, Spain, Albania, Finland, Slovakia, and Taiwan. Thank each and every one of you for the time that you spend listening to me read you to sleep. So with that, I would like to invite you to get comfortable, close your eyes, snuggle up with your favorite blanket, pillow, or a pet if you have one, and I ask you to take a deep breath in and out. I read you tonight's bedtime story. This bedtime story comes to you from Norway. It's called East of the Sun and West of the Moon. Once upon a time, there was a poor husband who had so many children that he hadn't much of either food or clothing to give them. Pretty children they all were, but the prettiest was the youngest daughter, who was so lovely there was no end to her loveliness. So, one day, it was on a Thursday evening, late at the fall of the year, the weather was so wild and rough outside, and it was so cruelly dark, and rain fell and wind blew, till the walls of the cottage shook again and again. There they all sat round the fire, busy with this thing and that, but just then, all at once, something gave three taps the window-pane. Then the father went out to see what was the matter, and, when he got out of doors, what should he see but a great, big, white bear? Good evening to you, said the white bear. The same to you, said the man. Will you give me your youngest daughter? if you will, I'll make you as rich as you are now poor, said the bear. Well, the man would not be at all sorry to be so rich, but still he thought he must have a bit of a talk with his daughter first, so he went in and told them how there was a great white bear waiting outside, who had given his word to make them so rich. If he could only have the youngest daughter. The last said no, outright. Nothing could get her to say anything else, so the man went out and settled it with the white bear that he should come again the next Thursday evening and get an answer. Meantime, he talked his daughter over and kept on telling her of all the riches they would get, and how well off she would be herself. And so, at last, she thought better of it, and washed and mended her rags, made herself as smart as she could, and was ready to start. I can't say her packing gave her much trouble. Next Thursday evening came the white bear to fetch her, and she got upon his back with her bundle, and off they went. So when they had gone a bit of the way, the white bear said, Are you afraid? No, she wasn't. Well, mind and hold tight my shaggy coat, and then there's nothing to fear, said the bear. So she rode a long, long way so they came to a great, steep hill. There, on the face of it, the white bear gave a knock, and a door opened, and they came into a castle, where there were many rooms all lit up, rooms gleaming with silver and gold, and there, too, was a table ready laid, and it was all as grand as grand could be, Then the white bear gave her a silver bell, and when she wanted anything, she was only to ring it and she would get it at once. Well, after she had eaten and drunk, and evening wore on, she got sleepy after her journey, and thought she would like to go to bed. So she rang the bell, and she had scarce taken hold of it, before she came into a chamber, where there was a bed made as fair and white as anyone would wish to sleep in, with silken pillows and curtains and gold fringe. All that was in the room was gold or silver, but when she had gone to bed and put out the light, a man came and laid himself alongside her. That was the white bear, who threw off his beast shape at night, but she never saw him, for he always came after she had put out the light, and before the day dawned, he was up and off again. So things went on happily for a while, but at last she began to get silent and sorrowful, for there she went about her day all alone. She longed to go home to see her father and mother and brothers and sisters. So one day, when the white bear asked what it was that she lacked, she said it was so dull and lonely there, and how she longed to go home to see her father and mother and brothers and sisters. And that was why she was so sad and sorrowful, because she couldn't get to them. Well, well, said the bear, perhaps there's a cure for this, but you must promise me one thing, not to talk alone with your mother, but only when the rest are by her, for she'll take you by the hand and try to lead you into a room alone to talk, but you must mind and not do that, else you'll bring bad luck on both of us. So, one Sunday, the white bear came and said now they could set off to see her father and mother. Well, off they started, she sitting on his back, and they went far and long. At last they came to a grand house, and there her brothers and sisters were running out of doors, all at play, and everything was so pretty was a joy to see. This is where your father and mother live now, said the white bear, but don't forget what I told you, else you'll make us both unlucky. No, bless her, she'd not forget. And when she had reached the house, the white bear turned right and left her then, when she went in to see her father and mother, there was such joy, there was no end to it. None of them thought they could thank her enough for all she had done for them. Now they had everything they wished, as good as good could be, and they all wanted to know how she got on where she lived. Well, she said, it was very good to live where she did she had all she wished. What she said beside, I don't know, but I don't think any of them had the right end of the stick, or that they got much out of her. But so, in the afternoon, after they had done dinner, all happened as the white bear had said. Her mother wanted to talk with her alone in her bedroom, but she minded what the white bear had said and wouldn't go upstairs. Oh, what we have to keep to talk about we'll keep, she said, and put her mother off. But somehow or other, her mother got round her at last, and she had to tell her the whole story. So she said how every night, when she had gone to bed, a man came and lay down beside her. As soon as she had put out the light and how she never saw him because he was always up and away before the morning dawned, and how she went about woeful and sorrowing, for she thought she should so like to see him, and how all day long she walked about there alone, and how dull and dreary and lonesome it was. "'My,' said her mother, "'it may as well be a troll you slept with, but now I'll teach you a lesson how to set eyes on him. I'll give you a bit of candle, which you can carry home in your bosom. Just light that while he is asleep, but take care to not drop the tallow on him." Yes, she took the candle and hid it in her bosom, and as night drew on, the white bear came and fetched her away. But when they had gone a bit of the way, the white bear asked if all hadn't happened as he had said. Well, she couldn't say it hadn't. Now mind, said he, if you have listened to your mother's advice, you have brought bad luck on us both, and then all that has passed between us will be as nothing. No, she said, She hadn't listened to her mother's advice. So, when she reached home and had gone to bed, it was the old story all over again. There came a man and lay down beside her, but at dead of night, when she heard he slept, she got up and struck a light, lit the candle and let the light shine on him. And so she saw that he was the loveliest prince one ever set eyes on, and she fell so deep in love with him on the spot that she thought she couldn't live if she didn't give him a kiss then and there. And so she did, but as she kissed him, she dropped three hot drops of tallow on his shirt, and he woke up. What have you done? He cried. For you have made us both unlucky. Had you held out only this one year, I had been freed. For I have a stepmother who has bewitched me, so that I am a white bear by day and a man by night. But now all ties are snapped between us. Now I must set off from you to her. She lives in a castle which stands east of the sun and west of the moon and there too is a princess with a nose three L's long and she's the wife I must have now she wept and took it ill but there was no help for it go he must then she asked if she mightn't go with him no she mightn't tell me the way then she said and I'll search you out That surely I may get leave to do. Yes, she might do that, he said, but there was no way to that place. It lay east of the sun and west of the moon, and thither she'd never find her way. So, next morning, when she woke up, both prince and castle were gone and then she lay on a little green patch in the midst of the gloomy thick wood, and by her side lay the same bundle of rags she had brought with her from her old home. So, when she had rubbed the sleep out of her eyes and wept till she was tired, she set out on her way and walked many, many days till she came to a lofty crag. Under it sat an old hag, and played with a gold apple which she tossed about. Her, the lassie asked, if she knew the way. How did you come to know about the prince? asked the old hag. But maybe you were the lassie who ought to have had him. Yes, she was. So, so. "'It's you, is it?' said the old hag. "'Well, all I know about him "'is that he lives in the castle that lies east of the sun "'and west of the moon, "'and thither you'll come, late or never. "'But still, you may have the loan of my horse, "'and on him you can ride to my next neighbor. "'Maybe she'll be able to tell you, "'and when you get there, just give the horse a switch under the left ear, and beg him to be off home, and stay. This gold apple you may take with you. So she got upon the horse, and rode a long, long time, till she came to another crag, under which sat another old hag with a gold carding comb her, the lassie asked if she knew the way to the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon, and she answered, like the first old hag, that she knew nothing about it except it was east of the sun and west of the moon, and thither you'll come, late or never, but you shall have the loan of my horse to my next neighbor, maybe she'll tell you all about it. And when you get there, just switch the horse under the left ear and beg him to be off home. And this old hag gave her the golden carding comb. It might be she'd find some use for it, she said. So the lassie got up on the horse and rode a far, far way and a weary time. And so at last she came to another great grass under which sat another old hag, spinning with a golden spinning wheel. Her, too, she asked if she knew the way to the prince, and where the castle was that lay east of the sun and west of the moon. So it was the same thing over again. Maybe it's you who ought to have had the prince, said the old hag. Yes, it was but she, too, didn't know the way a bit better than the other two. East of the sun and west of the moon it was. She knew that was all. And thither you'll come, late or never, but I'll lend you my horse, and then I think you would best ride to the east wind and ask him. Maybe he knows those parts and can blow you thither, But when you get to him, you need only give the horse a switch under the left ear, and he'll trot home of himself." And so, too, she gave her the gold spinning wheel. "'Maybe you'll find a use for it,' said the old hag. Then on she rode many, many days, a weary time, before she got to the East Winds house. But at last she did reach it, and then she asked the east wind if he could tell her the way to the prince who dwelt east of the sun and west of the moon. Yes, the east wind had often heard tell of it, the prince and the castle, but he couldn't tell the way, for he had never blown so far. But, if you will, I'll go with you to my brother the west wind. Maybe he knows, for he's much stronger, so if you will just get on my back, I'll carry you thither." Yes, she got on his back, and I should just think they went briskly along. So when they got there, they went into the West Wind's house, and the East Wind said the lassie he had brought was the one who ought to have had the prince who lived in the castle east of the sun and west of the moon, and so she had set out to seek him, and how he had come with her, and would be glad to know if the west wind knew how to get to the castle. Nay, said the west wind, so far I've never blown, but if you will, I'll go with you to our brother, the south wind, for he's much stronger than either of us and he has flapped his wings far and wide. Maybe he'll tell you. You can get on my back, and I'll carry you to him. Yes, so she got on his back, and so they traveled to the south wind, and weren't so very long on the way, I should think. When they got there, the west wind asked him if he could tell her the way to the castle that lay east of the sun, and west of the moon, for it was she who ought to have had the prince who lived there. You don't say so. That she is it, said the south wind. Well, I have blustered about in most places in my time, but so far I have never blown. If you will, I'll take you to my brother the north wind. He is the oldest and strongest of the whole lot of us, and if he doesn't know where it is, he'll never find anyone in the world to tell you. You can get on my back, and I'll carry you thither. Yes, she got on his back, and away he went from his house at a fine rate, and this time too, she wasn't long on her way. So, when they got to the North Wind's house, he was so wild and cross, cold puffs came from him a long way off. Blast you both, what do you want? He roared out to them, ever so far off that it struck them with an icy shiver. Well, said the South Wind, you needn't be so foul-mouthed, for here I am, your brother, the south wind, and here is the lassie who ought to have had the prince who dwells in the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon. And now she wants to ask you if you ever were there and can tell her the way, for she would be so glad to find him again. Yes, I know well enough where it is, said the north wind. Once in my life I blew an aspen leaf thither, but I was so tired I couldn't blow a puff for ever so many days after. But if you really wish to go thither and aren't afraid to come along with me, I'll take you on my back and see if I can blow you thither. Yes with all her heart. She must and would get thither, if it were possible in any way. And as for fear, however madly he went, she wouldn't be at all afraid. Very well, said the North Wind, but you must sleep here tonight, for we, we must have the whole day before us, if we're to get thither at all. Early." Next morning, the north wind woke her, and puffed himself up, and blew himself out, and made himself so stout and big, Twas gruesome to look at him, and so off they went, high up through the air, as if they would never stop till they got to the world's end. Down here, below there, was such a storm it threw down long tracts of wood and many houses, and when it swept over the great sea, ships foundered by hundreds. So they tore on and on, no one can believe how far they went, and all the while they still went over the sea, and the north wind got more and more weary and so out of breath he could scarce bring out a puff, and his wings drooped and drooped till at last he sunk so low that the crests of the waves dashed over his heels. Are you afraid? said the North Wind. No, she wasn't, but they weren't very far from land, and the North Wind had still so much strength left in him that he managed to throw her up on the shore, under the windows of the castle which lay east of the sun and west of the moon. But then, he was so weak and worn out, he had to stay there and rest many days before he could get home again. Next morning, the lassie sat down under the castle window. "'and began to play with the gold apple, "'and the first person she saw was the long-nose, "'who was to have the prince. "'What do you want for your gold apple, you lassie?' "'said the long-nose, and threw up the window. "'It's not for sale, for gold or money,' said the lassie. "'If it's not for sale, for gold or money, "'what is it you will sell it for?' You may name your own price, said the princess. Well, if I may get to the prince who lives here and be with him tonight, you shall have it, said the lassie whom the north wind had brought. Yes, she might, that could be done. So the princess got the gold apple, but when the lassie came up to the prince's bedroom at night, He was fast asleep. She called him and shook him, and between whiles she wept sore, but all she could do she couldn't wake him up. Next morning, as soon as day broke, the princess came with her long nose and drove her out again. So in the daytime she sat down under the castle windows and began to card with her golden carding comb, and the same thing happened. The princess asked what she wanted for it, and she said it wasn't for sale for gold or money, but if she might get leave to go up to the prince and be with him that night, the princess would have it. But when she went up, she found him fast asleep again, and all she called and all she shook and wept and prayed, she couldn't get life into him. And as soon as the first grey peep of day came, then came the princess with her long nose and chased her out again. So, in the daytime, the lassie sat down outside under the castle window and began to spin with her golden spinning wheel. And that, too the princess with the dong nose wanted to have, so she threw up the window and asked what she wanted for it. The lassie said, as she had twice before, it wasn't for sale for gold or money, but if she might go up to the prince who was there and be with him alone that night, she might have it. Yes, she might do that, and welcome. Now, you must know there were some Christian folk who had been carried off thither, and as they sat in their room, which was next to the prince, they had heard how a woman had been in there, and wept and prayed, and called to him two nights running, and they told that to the prince. That evening, when the princess came with her sleepy drink, the prince made as if he drank. But threw it over his shoulder, for he could guess it was a sleeping drink. So when the lassie came in, she found the prince wide awake, and then she told him the whole story, how she had come thither. "'Ah,' said the prince, "'you've just come in the very nick of time, for tomorrow is to be our wedding day, but now I won't have the long nose,' and you are the only woman in the world who can set me free. I'll say I want to see what my wife is fit for, and beg her to wash the shirt which has the three spots of tallow on it. She'll say yes, for she doesn't know tis you who put them there. But that's a work only for Christian folk, and not for such a pack of trolls. And so I'll say, "'that I won't have any other for my bride "'than the woman who can wash them out "'and ask you to do it.' "'So there was great joy and love "'between them all that night, "'but next day, when the wedding was to be, "'the prince said, "'First of all, I'd like to see "'what my bride is fit for.' "'Yes,' said the stepmother with all her heart. "'Well,' said the prince, I've got a fine shirt, which I'd like for my wedding shirt, but somehow or other it has got three spots of tallow on it, which I must have washed out, and I have sworn never to take any other pride than the woman who's able to do that. If she can't, she's not worth having." Well, that was no great thing they said, so they agreed. And, She, with the long nose, began to wash away as hard as she could, but the more she rubbed and scrubbed, the bigger the spots grew. Ah, said the old hag, her mother, you can't wash, let me try. But she hadn't long taken the shirt in hand, before it got far worse than ever, and with all her rubbing and wringing and scrubbing, the spots grew bigger and blacker and the darker and uglier became the shirt. Then all the other trolls began to wash. But the longer it lasted, the blacker and uglier the shirt grew, till at last it was as black all over as if it had been up the chimney. Ah, said the prince, you are none of you worth a straw. You can't wash. Why, there outside sits a beggar Lassie. I'll be bound she knows how to wash better than the whole lot of you. Come in, Lassie, he shouted. Well, in she came. Can you wash this shirt clean, Lassie? said he. I don't know, she said, but I think I can. And almost before she had taken it and dipped it in the water, "'It was as white as driven snow, and whiter still. "'Yes, you are the lassie for me,' said the prince. "'At that the old hag flew into such a rage, "'she burst on the spot, "'and the princess with the long nose after her "'and the whole pack of trolls after her. "'At least, I've never heard a word from them since. "'As for the prince and the princess,' they set free all the poor Christian folk who had been carried off and shut up there, and they took with them all the silver and gold and flitted away as far as they could from the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon. I hope that you've enjoyed tonight's bedtime story, and I hope that by now you are fast asleep And dreaming sweet, sweet dreams. So good night. Good night.